What's going on, everyone, and welcome in to another edition of Be Shafe Daily. Brendan Schaefer here with you in the evening hours of Wednesday, February 22nd, 2023. And this is not a Cardinals-based episode of the show. Going to have a little fun tonight. Going to talk some St. Louis Battlehawks football because we have an opportunity now to preview their game week two coming up on Thursday night. And by the time you listen to this episode, it'll probably be Thursday morning or midday. Hopefully you catch it before the game because it's a preview episode. But if not, we'll still have some interesting stuff to talk about. So still will be worth your time to listen back to it. But Wanted to talk a little Battlehawks because I think people in St. Louis are uh, very excited about the way things uh, went in that first game. First game back after 2020, it was such a success. Um, really captivated the town with the way the Battlehawks were uh, playing and, and filling the dome, right? I mean, people were all about it. COVID happened. That killed the first version of the XFL, which obviously that was like the second version of it. It was a thing years ago, but... That killed the the 2020 version of things, and then we didn't really know what it would look like, if it would come back, when it would come back, and Dwayne The Rock Johnson, thank you, The Rock, brought it back, the Battlehawks are back, and some fun storylines, right? You got A.J. McCarron, former national champion quarterback from Alabama. He is the guy in St. Louis, and that that's a big name that's got some cachet, and so it seemed like things were moving in a positive direction to be pretty exciting this season. And then, well, the game started. And uh, I'll tell you, if you look back at some of the the tweets, I guess I, w- I was sending and others were sending there in the first half or even into the third quarter when the Battlehawks offense looked like it was uh, stuck in the mud. It's good thing that the last two minutes happened of that game uh, because, yeah, it was a a bit of a slog to get to that point. The offensive line wasn't really protecting McCarron. McCarron was going down pretty easily, you could say. Um, not like that mobile quarterback that's going to fight to stay on his feet and to make a play. McCarron doesn't have a ton of that in him at this point in his career. And the Battlehawks were losing 15-3 to there to the San Antonio Brahmas. And I 100% lost faith that they would end up winning that game. But then they they do what the Battlehawks seem to do, and they become a storyline with the touchdown drive to then cut it, and then uh, the three-point conversion, believed to make it 15-12. to 12. They go for the XFL version of an onside kick with the fourth and 15 conversion. It's when Austin Prohl comes into play with his big first catch there, and then he ends up catching the touchdown that wins the game, 18-15 to 15 for the Battlehawks. No question about it, the most exciting comeback, the most exciting storyline, in my opinion, from XFL Week 1. So a lot of the excitement for the Battlehawks did come at the very end in that first week, but at the end of the day, they did enough. A.J. McCarron, pretty clean, 18 for 27, 190 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, the run game, maybe not quite as successful as you'd hoped, but Brian Hill, uh, he averaged 9.2 yards per carry, six carries for 55 yards. And uh, Austin Prohl was the leading receiver there for sure. Uh, A lot of his damage coming late, but it was worthwhile. Four catches, 49 yards, and a touchdown, as well as that big 4th and 15 conversion, which I like the rule, especially for the XFL, the way they handle onside kicks. There's no kick. It's just a situation where you get the offense on the field, you go for the 4th and 15 deep in your own territory. If you don't get it, 
The other team is set up in field goal range. I think that's a fair trade-off uh, for a team trying to make a comeback. And in the case of the Battlehawks there, it certainly worked out. What I want to do now is uh, introduce the guest for today's episode, Isaiah Sirwa. I had a chat with him earlier Wednesday evening. He is a sports betting analyst for Odds Shopper and does a great job over there. I saw him tweeting some XFL stuff, and he's got a whole spreadsheet with the stats from the league. That's the one thing that's been kind of hard to find if you're trying to get into the nitty-gritty is uh, a good way to track the stats there. And Isaiah has put together his own spreadsheet. And so I, I know him from some previous uh, sports betting websites we've both written for and decided to have a quick conversation with him, sort of looking back at the first game the Battlehawks had and then previewing a little bit of Thursday night's game. They're going to take on the Seattle Sea Dragons of Ben DiNucci fame as their quarterback, former Dallas Cowboys quarterback. Uh, he didn't have a very sterling first week in the saddle for the Sea Dragons. Perhaps an opportunity there for the Battlehawks defense to be able to force some turnovers. He certainly gave the ball away a little bit in his first game in week one. So wanted to have Isaiah on. Going to play that interview for you now. And then we'll chat a little bit more about the upcoming game and what we necessarily expect to see from the Battlehawks. So here's that conversation between myself and Isaiah Sirwa, betting analyst for Odd Shopper. All right, excited to be joined this evening by Isaiah Sirwa, who is enthusiastic for sure about covering the XFL, so much so that he's got more statistics on the league than I think the league has itself. Isaiah, how you doing tonight, my man? I'm doing great, Brendan. How you been? I've been good. So tell me about that. Are you just like logging all the uh, stats to try to make sure you've got a handle on this thing from kind of the betting angle of things? Yeah, so I found a website that actually has uh, good game logs uh, earlier in the week, and then I found out how to get the game logs on the XFL's website. It's a bit of a rigmarole to dig it out of there, but the short version is I now have a spreadsheet that pulls in all of the uh, the box scores from each of those games, and that way it'll keep a rolling log of what each team is doing as a whole and how the quarterbacks are performing and some of the uh, advanced quarterback stats like uh, net yards per attempt and whatnot. Well, that's fantastic, and that can maybe help some people in their jurisdiction of legality, but you mentioned the game logs. I want to ask you about the first weekend of XFL games and what kind of your impressions were, especially that Battlehawks comeback down 15-3. to You have the nice little fourth and 15 rule instead of the onside kick. That helps St. Louis, but what'd you make of the first weekend of games? Honestly, I was pretty happy with the XFL's on-field product. Uh, all the games were pretty competitive. There was a lot of good football action going on. I mean, obviously, it's not the NFL, right? Like, you can't come in and expect an NFL-caliber product. As a better, I was looking at this like, oh, this will probably be some low-end Power 5 or Group of 5 college football type of stuff that we're seeing, uh, which is fun to bet on, and it's honestly kind of fun to watch. Uh, if you watch Maction uh, on weekday nights when college football is happening, that's uh, basically what you're going to be getting with the XFL. In my opinion, it's still a good product. It's not going to, you know, compete against the NFL or anything, but overall, it's pretty watchable. Uh, the St. Louis game, a lot of fun. Obviously, you had that fourth and 15 rule that you alluded to. Great fourth quarter comeback by A.J. McCarron. Pretty fun product. Yeah, no question about it. And, like, offensively, I got to be honest with you, Isaiah. I was a little concerned about the Battlehawks and what we saw in, you know, the first 58 minutes or so of that game. What do you think realistically, though, with the, kind of the offensive line situation that they have, had a little bit of trouble protecting there for McCarron? And then McCarron himself, like, what do you expect – that group to be able to do the rest of the way. 
Yeah, so I'm actually really optimistic about St. Louis this year. Uh, obviously, you have McCarron. I think he's one of the best, if not the best, uh, pocket passer in the XFL. Uh, in college, he had the best passing efficiency grade out of any XFL quarterback. He had a monstrous season in 2012 with Alabama, and that's against SEC competition. Obviously, it's also with Alabama wide receivers, uh, but his numbers are pretty impressive. And if you look at the passing efficiency grades uh, from week one of the XFL, unsurprisingly, he's at the top of the chart. So McCarron's a great quarterback to have under center for y'all. What I also like about your roster, though, is you have a pair of really awesome receivers in Hakeem Butler and Marcel Aitman, who are both six foot five. They have big frames. When you're playing in the XFL, you're not lining up against, you know, the toughest cornerbacks you've ever met. So they're not going to be able to measure up against your wide receivers, especially when they're 6'5". So you've got McCarron, a great pocket passer, and you've got two big-bodied receivers to dominate on the boundary. I think that's a recipe for success for y'all. Obviously, the offensive line does have uh, quite a little bit to work out after letting McCarron go down five times. But if we're being honest, McCarron also did go down uh, when pressured more often than other quarterbacks because he didn't want to fumble the ball. So conservative play from him probably kept you in the game until late. Could have risked him turnovers if he hadn't actually gone down on those sacks. So honestly, not a bad look for your offense. And what did you like about that fourth and 15, like the rule change? You think that's something that maybe they should adopt in other leagues potentially? I thought it obviously added a lot of excitement in that one. Yeah, I think it adds excitement. Uh, from a fan perspective, I do like it. Uh, from a better perspective, no. Uh, from a competition <laughs> perspective, also no. If I bet on a team to, uh, to dominate and they dominate and then you get a bunch of fourth and 15 conversions to uh, ruin my cover, not fun. Um, if the yeah. Super Bowl gets decided on a fourth and 15 conversion, uh, there'd be riots in the streets. I think it's fun. I don't think it's something the NFL should really consider long term. I think the uh, the rules with the traditional onside kick are a little bit too ingrained uh, to change things up like that at this point. I kind of agree with you and understand where you're coming from, Isaiah, from a betting perspective. That could be majorly frustrating. We're talking with Isaiah Sirwa. You can find him on Twitter at IS underscore Sirwa, and I'll spell that for you, S-I-R-O-I-S. He provides some great betting content. He's with Odd Shopper, betting analyst over there. And uh, what I like about Isaiah, he's got it right in his Twitter bio, what his record is for the year, big football and basketball guy, and you know you can trust the transparency from this guy. And he's into the XFL as well. He's been logging his stats. He's He knows his stuff. So I want to break down a little bit what we can look forward to from Thursday, this coming Thursday, the Battle Hawks are on the short week playing at the Seattle Sea Dragons. We saw Ben DiNucci have a very interesting debut for the Sea Dragons in their first game. Uh, with the lines where they are, Isaiah, I'm, I think I'm seeing the Sea Dragons as a slight favorite in this one. How do you look at this one shaking out on Thursday for St. Louis? Yeah, so I actually had a game guide go up for this matchup at Odd Shopper yesterday. Uh, I hopped on uh, the St. Louis money line pretty early. I think I got it at plus 140. I see it down at plus 130 in some places already. Uh, I, I, I like what you have on offense. I already talked about that a fair amount. I do not like the Seattle Sea Dragons. I do not like what I saw out of them last weekend. Uh, you're right to call Ben DiNucci's debut interesting. Uh, he had one passing touchdown, which came on a shovel pass out of desperation after he rolled out of the pocket to Josh Gordon. And then he had two interceptions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I love about the XFL. You get all these names that we've forgotten about, uh, like Martavis Bryant and Josh Gordon, uh, back in big roles. So I'm a fan of that. But getting back to uh, the Sea Dragons, not a big fan of what I saw from Danucci. I'm a big proponent of passing efficiency as a gauge of quarterback success. 
Danucci was not an efficient quarterback in college. Before he transferred to James Madison, which was then an FCS program, his passing efficiency grade at Pitt, not that great. His passing efficiency grade in the NFL, and that one start he made for the Dallas Cowboys, not that great. And his passing efficiency grade in his first game for the Seattle Sea Dragons, I think you know it's coming, also not that great. He was the second worst starting quarterback in the metric uh, last weekend. And I think he was ahead of only Jordan Tamu, who barely threw the ball and mostly ran. So not a great look for uh, for Seattle. Uh, Seattle did have a pretty good defensive showing. I don't think that'll be enough to uh, move the needle here. I'm going to back uh, St. Louis on the money line. Getting that at plus money is a great deal. You have a better than 50% chance of winning that game, so it's plus EV. Yeah, that really does seem like a, a nice opportunity there, like you mentioned, whether it's plus 30 or plus 130 to maybe plus 140, depending on where you're finding the number right now. And uh, then on the spread, you might be plus three in that territory for the Battlehawks. So kind of surprised by that. Uh, maybe that's partially due to the fact that uh, St. Louis just didn't have a great game offensively until the bitter end there. But I think the pieces are in place to potentially be able to get it done against Seattle. So I like that evaluation, Isaiah. One more question for you before we get you out of here. What's kind of your long-range view of the way the Battlehawks could fare on the full season there in the XFL? I know it's pretty early, but what are your early impressions as to how they might stack up with the rest of the league? Uh, I, I'm still getting my my priors right for the whole league at this point. It's been one week. At, we have a decent amount of data, but we don't have anything for me to draw some conclusions about. But uh, your wide receivers, your quarterback, your defense look pretty solid too. Uh, I'm overall relatively high on St. Louis after one week, and that might be premature, uh, and that might be a little bit too contrarian given where the market's at, but I'm optimistic about what McCarry can do with your receivers. I'd say that you're probably contending for a top four spot in the XFL this year, which I guess is only the top 50%, but hey, uh, that's really all I can give right now. Uh, I'm optimistic, though, so I'll be betting on y'all until the books catch up. Yeah, man, people in St. Louis, I think, will be excited to hear that. Uh, it's been a while since St. Louis has had winning football, and so I think the town is is getting excited about the Battlehawks after that exciting win in week one. Once again, Isaiah Sirwa, we thank him for his time today. Find him on Twitter at IS underscore Sirwa. Does a great job as a sports betting analyst over at Odd Shopper. Isaiah, appreciate the time today, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Awesome. You take care, Brennan. There it is, Isaiah Sirwa betting analyst for odd shopper does a nice job over there and uh he's into the xfl talk so i thought we might be able to get some insight from him there i think we did on the st louis Battlehawks. he seems to like the Battlehawks going into thursday night they're taking on the sea dragons it's another road game kind of a shame right for the st louis team that everybody was so excited about uh really packed the dome back in 2020 when they got a chance to play some games there and we've got to wait like three weeks before the first road game. I think uh, the first three, in fact, are on the road, and then it'll be the fourth game played at home, if I'm not mistaken. So still going to be a little while yet before the home fans will get a chance to see their Battlehawks. But if you ask Isaiah, he might like the uh, odds of the Battlehawks to still be undefeated when that happens. Uh, certainly this week, despite I'm seeing the Battlehawks is about a three-point underdog on the road, but Isaiah and myself are maybe thinking about that money line, which is to say Battlehawks can win it outright on the road. Uh, they were favored in the first game, favored by two and a half, and ultimately covered the spread on that. Uh, you might have gotten them at minus three, which would have been unfortunate because they won by exactly three, which meant you pushed on your bet. You didn't lose, but you didn't win. But if you got them at minus two and a half, like I did, not to brag, humble brag, uh, then you were a winner in week one. 
We'll see what happens in this game. I, I don't love it being on Thursday night, if I can be honest. Just in terms of a new league, not really sure how, uh, as a relatively new team, the players are going to react to having to play on a short week like that. Um, having the Thursday game and the quick turnaround and consecutive road games as well. So maybe that plays into a little bit why the Battlehawks are underdogs in this game. But honestly, when I look at the f- the first two games for both of these teams, or I should say the first game for each of these teams, uh, the Battlehawks and the Sea Dragons, I kind of like the Battlehawks side of things. Obviously, um, they didn't do much offensively in the early going of their game. It took until the very end uh, to be able to get it done. But the Sea Dragons uh, didn't play very well in their own right. They actually end up losing their first game to the D.C. Defenders. And it was an ugly showing, really, for Ben DiNucci. Some fumbles, some interceptions. Um, I don't know. I feel like that's maybe an opportunity. If there was one good thing that we felt like uh, you could take away from the first game, other than like the final two-minute drives and being able to mount the big comeback is the fact that the defense did a pretty good job. You only allow 15 points. Uh, you, you you held them to field goals in where there were opportunities for touchdowns. Battlehawks were holding the Brahmas to field goals. So I feel like a mistake-prone Sea Dragons team, Battlehawks defense might be able to take advantage of that. Really liked what they were able to do defensively, and so does that end up being an advantage in this game? I'm hopeful, right? Like, I'm covering the Battlehawks from a slant of a fan, um, kind of putting the, the media hat aside for this one. People always say, oh, you're a Cardinals fan. It's like, well, I used to be, but with with what my job is now, it's not like that anymore. It's it's It really is more of an objective angle. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm, I'm doing this podcast because it's fun and I like talking about the Battlehawks. I am not going to be objective Battlehawks media guy. Forget that. I'm rooting for the team. Hope I can go to a game pound a few beers with the rest of St. Louis fans, and like that's the perspective I want to have on the Battlehawks. That being said, I can be objective, I think, about what we saw. I have some concerns about the offensive line play. Uh, it was hard for the Battlehawks to get traction offensively. The first three quarters, first three and a half quarters, yeah, it really kind of felt like St. Louis football of old, right? Y'all remember the Rams uh, for those final 10 years? I mean, it was a, a long stretch of rough football in St. Louis, after the greatest show on turf days. And yeah, the offensive football that we saw at the beginning uh, or, or through the majority of week one for, for the Battle Hawks was kind of like that. Couldn't get drives going, couldn't sustain it. Uh, rough throws. I mean, McCarron didn't really look to be on his game. But at the same time, I think it, it had been a while since he or really any of these players, uh, certainly McCarron, though, had played competitive football like this. And so to have a little bit of rust in a game environment, I think that's probably to be expected. And clearly by the end of the game, he was putting putting dimes out there. He was hitting Austin Prohl. They were making plays, and they found a way to win. I think with the rust factor no longer in play for McCarran, I'm hopeful that you get maybe a little bit more of a consistent performance throughout when it comes to game two on Thursday night. I also think maybe some of the struggles coincided with the offensive line not being very crisp. And maybe that was the case for that group as well. It was not that they're terrible players. It was that they were having a rough game because it was just uh, a little bit of an introduction into game speed again, and they had a hard time with it. We can we can have a little bit of wishful thinking to that end. Clearly, by the end of the game, they were, they were cooking on all cylinders and they made it happen. So let's have a little bit of hope to, uh, to project on. I feel pretty good, though. If I'm looking at the quarterback matchup, like, like we talked about with Isaiah in that interview, 
he's still kind of finding those data points. We don't really know what all of these teams are made of yet. We know a few of the players on each team, but we don't know truly what to expect from a week-to-week basis and, and, and finding that consistency with these XFL clubs. But A.J. McCarron, I'll take him over Ben DiNucci. Um, I, I like sort of the swagger that Ben DiNucci brings. The talent is different. I don't think he really has a ton of it to work with, and he's very mistake-prone. I think if anything for McCarron, to a fault almost, he wasn't mistake-prone. He was making sure to take care of the ball. He was sacked, uh, dropped a number of times, but it was almost kind of out of necessity to say, I want to protect the football. I don't want to give up a turnover. We can't afford it in this game. I'd like to see some of the throws be a little bit more on target. It seemed like the broadcast on ABC was uh, had a lot to say about, well, they're not on the same page. McCarron and his receiver, a number of times that was said in the first game. And I don't know if that was true or if it was just McCarron was not executing throws. Receivers might have been. You know, you could see there were times when uh, everybody's mic'd up. So McCarron was kind of trying to guide his guys and say, I was expecting you to do this. You did that, whatever the case might be. So, I don't know. I think the clunkiness of game one hopefully is out of the way. A little bit concerned that they're underdogs. It just doesn't make sense to me, like I said, based on what we saw from the mistake-prone Sea Dragons offense in game one versus Battlehawks taking care of the football, showing out pretty well defensively. I don't know. I'm kind of feeling a Battlehawks win on Thursday. Let me know what you guys think. At Shaper 12 on Twitter, shoot me a tweet. I'll retweet your thoughts on the Battlehawks. I want to get some more conversation going about this team. Uh, if you want to keep those thoughts private, which I don't know why you would, we're having some fun, uh, you can DM me too, at bshafer12 on Twitter. I'm going to go ahead and, and do this, and I don't know how many Battlehawks podcasts we'll have. Hopefully we can do one before each game, uh, especially if I, I throw this on the Bshafe Daily podcast feed and people listen to it. Uh, no YouTube video for this one because uh, I pre-recorded the interview with Isaiah, and I'm not 100% sure. I, my video editing skills are nothing at this point. So um, I, I did put uh, Bshafe Daily, the Cardinals episode, from yesterday, from Tuesday, on to YouTube for the first time. So would love to have you follow and uh, subscribe over on YouTube. YouTube.com slash at bshafer12. It's a slash and then the at symbol. And then it's bshafer12, just like everything else I do. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. It's all at bshafer12. So check that out. The, the YouTube channel link by the way is also in my twitter bio for the time being um i took the the apple podcast link of bshape daily out i put that in so would love to get some new subscribers on youtube but for this episode it's just audio only yeah that pre-recorded interview with isaiah i can't my my video skills are nothing at this point to edit that i wouldn't have known what to do so we're just dumping it on the audio otherwise i wouldn't have been able to get it out in time because the game is thursday so yeah, give me your Battlehawks thoughts, but I'm going to go ahead and give a score prediction here, and they make it very difficult, right? You can't just say, okay, multiply by seven, that's how many touchdowns. No, it's it's all divisible by three and nine and six and eight. If they go for two, it's a whole deal. Uh, the scores are going to be very strange in XFL, but it, it's just something we got to get used to. I think a better day for the Battlehawks offense, though. I'm predicting, uh, let's say they score three touchdowns. You give them maybe a field goal to go with it, a few extra points here and there. I'm going to go Battlehawks 25, so I like it kind of high scoring. I think they win it with ease, though. I'm going to go Battlehawks 25, Sea Dragons, give them 15, and give me the Battlehawks to improve to 2-0. Let me know what you think. Once again, at Schaefer 12 anywhere you're going to look, but check out the YouTube. Give me a subscription over there. 
like it, review it, all the stuff they tell you to do on YouTube. And uh, check out Be Safe Daily, too. We got an episode up talking about Tyler O'Neill and the center field battle that is sort of emerging, I guess, between him, Dylan Carlson, maybe even Lars Newpar, and why I think that honestly makes sense for the Cardinals to try out some of these other guys in center field during spring training. Appreciate you guys, as always. Make sure you're staying tuned to Be Safe Daily on Spotify or Apple Podcasts as well. You'll be alerted when all new episodes drop, and we'll have a lot of Cardinals content and maybe some Battlehawks content on the way in the coming weeks. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next time on Be Safe Daily. Peace!